Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. All right. So great to see every one of you. And I heard um, Pastor Monica did an incredible job last Sunday. And so thank you for that. And it's also, it's her birthday. She's 35. So happy birthday, Pastor Monica. Happy birthday. Girl, you're looking good. And uh, but I, I got to say publicly, though, I am just proud of our A-team. I'm proud of those that were here last Sunday, that they've just taken the vision of Avenue Church and they've ran with it, they're running with it, and they're doing a tremendous job. So can you guys, just for our sake, will you give it up for the A-team this morning? I'm just so proud of them. And uh, my wife and I, we were gone last week. We've been gone for two weeks. We only missed one Sunday. And uh, we spoke at a youth camp. And at the youth camp, um, there was over hundreds and hundreds of kids there, and we preached. We got to put on our youth ministry hat back on and, and preach to these students. And I got to give you some stats that the pastors gave me, because about eight churches that gathered together, and uh, this is something we always have to celebrate, that you might say it's not our house, but it's the kingdom of God, right? And so this is what happened was uh, 25 people accepted Jesus for the first time at that camp. We're going to get louder. I'm going to give you three, and we're going to get louder and louder every time, all right? Because I think it's awesome. 25 people accepted Jesus. 44 students rededicated their lives to Jesus at the camp. 44. And then this last one uh, is just dear to my heart, because salvation is the, is the most powerful thing I love seeing, that first time step towards a loving Savior. But here's the last one. is 42 teenagers felt a call to ministry, felt a call to be pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists. And that just warms my heart because we have such a burden for all ages to be multi, multi-generational all across the board. And just seeing young people, if we can get uh, young people introduced to Jesus at that age, we believe that they'll stay in that relationship with the Savior. It's no longer mom and dad's God. It's not longer avenues God, but it's their own personal Savior. So isn't God amazing what he did at that camp? And then we jumped into a little vacation, went to a, a church called Legoland. Amazing, amazing time at Legoland in Southern California and enjoyed ourselves there. And then we, my wife and I flew to Birmingham, Alaska, uh, Birmingham, excuse me, Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, that's a far place, right? Uh, I even checked the weather. I said, what's the weather like in Birmingham? And it gave me Birmingham, England. I was like, no, that's, that's not right. But we went to Birmingham, Alabama because we are an ark church. We're a non-denominational church, but we're part of an association called ARC that have launched us, that helped us, that trained us. And just seeing what uh, God has done at Avenue Church, out of 700 churches, Avenue's the top 5%. And that's because of uh, just what God is doing in Las Vegas. And so we were able to coach uh, two more upcoming church planners. So we had just three days. Uh, It was so much fun just pouring into two couples. And they're launching, there's a Lyft church that's coming to Anchorage, Alaska in February. They're launching. And there's another church called Resolute Church launching in San Diego in January. And we've got to spend three days with them taking things that we've learned together as a team to say, this is what we believe you should do. This is what you should uh, do to launch a church. And so we're just excited. And ain't God amazing that we can invest in others, even as an organization, even as a church? And I'm just pumped by that because even your giving and your generosity is helping churches getting launched. It's not all about Avenue, but it's about Avenue going on beyond these four walls and say, how can we help other churches? How can we help Jesus' name be known? And even in our generosity, when we are generous, 
God blesses us. And so Benny Perez, he's our sponsoring church. They, he donated over like 20 or 30 light fixtures to Avenue Church. And so we're going to be hanging some more lights. And I don't have to, you know, be a chicken up here and rotisserie lights and all that. So I just thank Benny Perez for that. And uh, how many ready for the word? How many ready to jump in? All right. I'm kind of bummed. We're ending the book of James. So turn your neighbor and go, oh, man, come on. We're ending the book of James, but we're an amazing series coming up. On August 20th, called Building People. Building People. We're going to take a journey of what does that look like? How do we build each other up? How do we build ourselves up? And I think it's perfect timing because next week we have water baptism Sunday out in the courtyard. It's going to be a party. It's going to be amazing. And so we want to eliminate any excuse to say, let's get you dunked. Let's take the plunge. We got shorts and shirts, all that. And then August 20th, we're starting our new series because we're launching two services at Avenue Church. Can we give God some praise? Come on. So we're excited for that. It's just perfect timing. And so today's message, if you're taking notes, we're going to jump right in. Today's message, and the timer says 50 minutes. So baby, I'm going 50 minutes, right? Is that okay? Is that all right? Some of y'all got quiet. That's cool. It's all right. We'll get out of here. And, uh, but uh, I'm excited for the message today. But if you're taking notes, write this down. Make it rain. Make it rain. Turn to your neighbor and say, make it rain. All right. Turn to your other neighbor that maybe you didn't like because you went to the first neighbor first and say, make it rain. I know. I see the front row, right? Make it rain. Come on. The title is Make It Rain this morning. And I believe that I'm excited because we've been going through this series as a church. This is living now. And as a pastor, I love seeing individuals take the book of James. You're applying it to your life. And I begin to see not only are you living now, but you're living in a more powerful way than you never have before. Is that anybody here this morning? That you're grasping what the Word says. It's, it's helping you. It's encouraging you. But we are now powerful. That makes you powerful. And I want to say this morning, it's time to make it rain. How many want to live a powerful life? I'm talking a powerful life where you can say, eat your heart out, Tony Robbins. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Gary Vaynerchuk. That's not right. How many seen the weird guy on Facebook where he's like selling things in his car? He's like, I'm so rich. I'm so rich. I got this car in my garage. We're going to have a powerful life than even that guy. Turn to your neighbor and say, that bombed. That didn't go good. <laughs> that didn't go good. So it's time for some powerful living. So let's go to James chapter 5. And we're going to read through verse 13 through 19. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn it there. If you don't have a Bible with you today, you can download YouVersion app. We would love for you to have reading plans through that. You can read through the Bible every single day. How many are still doing Proverbs a day? Proverbs a day. And uh, somebody told me that this morning. Also, if you have an Android, just watch the screens and we love you. But is anyone among you in trouble? Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Any happy people here today? All right, they're the caffeinated folks. Come on, somebody. Let them sing songs of praise. I love that. You know, sometimes in Christianity, joy is intentional. Sometimes joy tends to leak. So we have to make that mindset every single day. I choose to have joy. Therefore, I'm going to praise him. Thank you, Jesus, that today is going to be better than yesterday because I don't want to go back to yesterday, but therefore today is going to be a great day. Is any one of you sick? Let them call the elders, the leadership of the church, and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And the prayer offered in faith, come on somebody, offered in faith will make the sick person well. Notice it didn't say it might, it perhaps, but this is what the Bible says. It will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. How many of you that's some good news this morning? If we sin, we will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other that you may be healed. That word healed there, if you begin to break it down, it doesn't just mean one area in your life is going to be healed. That, that word right there means your entire body is going to be healed. Your, your mind and your soul. How many want that kind of healing this morning? All right. If you go to a place and you say, I just want a hamburger or I want a combo. How many here, come on, my meat eaters here this morning. How many want the full combo? I want the entire package of what Jesus has for my life. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and you will may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Give me a good old amen right there. Come on. Make it rain. Now, we had a series we did uh, on faith a couple weeks ago. So if you go on our podcast on iTunes or if you go on SoundCloud, you can re-listen to a message called Faith Alive Takes a Drive. And I encourage you to re-listen to that because we talked a little bit more in-depth about faith. But I want to share really quick this morning, what do we believe as a church? There's different approaches to faith and there's some extremes out there. So if I would swing to this side, there's a, what we call a name it and claim it group. I used to joke around with people, I'm not feeling good. Well, have you, have you confessed it? There's a power of confession. What do you mean? Repeat this after me. Say, I'm not sick. They go, I'm not sick. It's just gas. And they go, it's just gas. Praise the Lord. Amen. But there's a name it and claim it. But if we say it, that it'll begin to happen. And I want to encourage you, though, that oftentimes in that theology, there's a lot of condemnation. Because if I say it and it didn't happen, that means something's wrong with me. There's a lot of condemnation. But if we swing to the other side, there are those we call dispensationalists, where they believe that God no longer does miracles. God no longer does works. That God is close shop. He's done. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we don't believe that. We believe that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. We believe that God does miracles. We believe that God still heals. God still restores in Jesus' name. So there's a big question that I want to ask this morning. And I got a big answer for you. You guys ready? Ready to take notes? Here we go. Your pastor's back. Why does, and we put this on the big screen, why doesn't God answer all prayers? Why doesn't God answer all prayers? I prayed and searched scripture 15 years of ministry. I found the answer. You ready for this? Write this down. Three words. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know that the God that we serve, God the Father, Jesus the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what I do know is that he's a good God. And I do know that he will always do what is best for you and I. 
that I know that if you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, I need a religion or I need a God that I can fully understand and I can fully comprehend, this is not the place for you. Why? Because God wants us to have a place of trust and a place of faith. If we have totally figure out God, then we're smarter than God. And I want to leave it all up to him to say, Jesus, I don't know why you do things the way you do, but I will always trust you. I will always place my faith in you. So I got three points this morning. We're going to run through these. And uh, like I said, timer, we got a lot, big time right there. But here we go. Point number one. What is James talking about? Why doesn't God answer prayer? So here we go. Point number one. Write down the promise. The promise. Have you ever promised somebody and then forgot about it? And then they reminded you? (laughs) I'm here to tell you, God never forgets. He never forgets. Why? Because it's all written right here. That we can search the promises of God. And I will tell you this this morning, that God still heals people. Can I get an amen? God still heals people. We have seen miracle after miracle, and a lot of times we begin to document that. We begin to write prayers down in a journal, and then a year later you go, you know what? I forgot that God actually answered that prayer. God still does miracles. We asked our A team, and I put them on a Facebook, and I just got to share some of these. I said, share some miracles or healings God has done. There's an awesome man on our team. He said 35 years ago in California, he asked God, God, if you're the real deal, I want you to take away alcohol, smoking, and coffee. And he said instantly, God removed those three addictions from his life. Isn't that awesome? I know. The coffee part was a little scary for me too. I was a little concerned about that. But we'll pray for him. Amen. Uh, there's a gentleman, he said that he was driving down a, a semi-road, and he was uh, driving down the highway. He was b- behind a semi-truck, and he said that he went to go into the next lane to pass the semi, but something grabbed his steering wheel and put him back in the lane, and another car went, flame, went flying by. God protected that man. How many know God still does miracles? We're going to show a video of, uh, of Matthew here at Avenue Church. And uh, he showed me a video where he's driving his motorcycle, and there's a traffic cam. He's driving his motorcycle, and a car hits him. And you can see his body just fly over, and you can see him up in the air. And I want to tell you that he is now walking, serving as a monitor coordinator at Avenue Church. Why? Because God still heals in Jesus' name. How many know God does miracles today? How many know God still does miracles today? And we're going to help you with that. Say, let's begin to believe for more. God, make it rain in my life. As a student that was, he was my intern, and his mother had cancer. We've been going through this process of just believing and fighting with her. And i got to tell you, it was always praise report after praise report of saying doctors are, are, are encouraging the chemo is, is working and doing all this. And over a period of about, I think it was two or three years, she was on her deathbed. And as she was on her deathbed, she got a word from the Lord that said, I will live, I will not die. The next day, she passed away. Did her funeral. Good to have some confusion. Said, I don't know why. But I began to study out Scripture. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil. How many need that word of the Lord this morning? The Lord will rescue me from every attack, and he will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever. Amen, amen. Then we've got to realize that the greatest miracle is a place called heaven. That there's two promises here. It says, God will rescue me from every evil attack. I encourage you, pray that every morning. God, rescue me from my incident. Rescue me from my problem. Rescue me from this attack. But the second promise is, God says, I will get you to heaven. Because our time here on earth is so short, but heaven is for eternity. And there's a place called eternity that when you're in that, in that, you know, you're in that sixth state, you're on your deathbed, and you cross over to a place called heaven, there is no way you want to turn back and go back to this place because you're in the presence of God. You're in a place of no sin, no pain, no sickness in Jesus' name. I'm preaching good this morning. And coffee on tap in heaven. Praise the Lord. So God still heals people, but also God, God is all about our soul. You know, we take care of our bodies, we work out, we want to get physically fit, get swole, but sometimes we got also got to take care of our soul. Then listen up, vegans, I love you, but I want to get to heaven quicker. Come on, somebody. Luke chapter 10 says this, I've given you authority, and this is Jesus talking, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Now that's symbolic. We don't have snakes and scorpions at Avenue Church, all right? But that's symbolic of the demonic forces. That's symbolic of Satan himself to overcome the power of the enemy. Somebody laughed at that. I got a snake right here. I'm out of here, all right? Demonic forces, but also overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's where we go. Yeah, come on. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. Nothing will harm me. That it says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Do not rejoice that we have the upper hand, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That when we accept Jesus, when we raise our hand and say, be Lord of my life, I don't want to do it my way, I want to do it your way. Forgive me of my sins. The Bible says that he writes your name down in the book of heaven. You have a reservation. It is there in Jesus' name. How many think that's great news? And James hinted at this. A real miracle is when someone sins but gets forgiven. But gets forgiven. That's the greatest miracle we have. This is the promise from God that when we confess, he becomes Lord of our lives. We'll go to a place called heaven. We'll have eternal life. And here's the last one is God wants us to grow. That's a promise. God wants us to grow. And I think that's a wonderful promise for you and I this morning because I believe many of you here are saying, you know what, I don't think God wants to use me. I don't think God wants me to grow. I I, I, I'm useless. I, I don't have that honor and that privilege. And the Bible says that God created you as his masterpiece. The Bible says that God has a plan for your life, and he wants to use you for his praise and his glory in Jesus' name. That's why Next Steps is so huge for us. That's why the A-team is so huge for us. So that's why uh, even after today's worship experience, we have Growth Track, a class that's just take 45 minutes. But we want you to get to know our church, get to know my wife and I, get to know our team, the history of our church, but also to know God. What does it mean to know God? 
but to get on the team. Matter of fact, let's put that picture up. We have some graduates from July in our July class, and uh, one of them I want to highlight is Michael. Man, Michael, he was serving on the greeter team, our usher team. Michael's tearing it up. We got Brenda. She was up early at the coffee bar. We have an amazing group, and there's a beautiful lady called Pastor Lindsay over there. That's great. Come on. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. But listen, the next steps in growth track is all about us wanting you to grow because God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow in the knowledge of him, in relationship with him, but also let's use your giftings and let's develop some purpose in your life. So point number one is what? The promise. Write this down. Point number two, it's the process. The process. And here's what James does. So he says, hey, this is what it is. If you, if you have sin, God will heal you. If, you. if you're sad, sing sing praises. If you're sick, we're going to lay hands on you. But then he shifts gears and he says this in verse 17. He says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. So here's Elijah in the Old Testament. And James in the New Testament is bringing up this guy. And he said, he prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. I think Elijah lives in Las Vegas. I'm not sure yet, but he might be here somewhere. Go to the next verse. It says this. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So he prayed because he had a word from the Lord, and it did not rain for three and a half years. After three and a half years, he went back, he prayed, and all of a sudden the heavens opened up and it rained. Elijah was a human being just like you, and I. Now, what I like about James is he kind of gives the highlight reel, right? Like, who won the game on Sunday? Uh, the, the, the Raiders won. It was historical. It happened, you know, first time in 10 years. Amen. <laughs> but he didn't go into the details about the game. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Same thing with us sometimes. If you've been serving God for a long time, you say, okay, in 2007, I was a sinner, and I accepted Jesus, and I've been serving him ever since. That's the highlight reel. You just gave me the clip nose version. Now, how many know there's power in your story when you say, you know what? I was a sinner. I was living in darkness. I had despair. I didn't have hope. I didn't have a future. I was depressed. I was hooked on this and that. I had a void in my heart that I was trying to fill. I would fill it with this and that. But one day, I walked into the local church. One day, someone told me about a man named Jesus, and he picked me up out of the miry clay, out of the pit of hell, out of the pit of darkness. He saved me. He redeemed me and now I'm living for his praise and his glory. Amen? Amen? That's a good testimony. I'll calm down. I'll settle down. All right? Rotisserie lights are hot enough. But this is what the Bible says, that he prayed it wouldn't rain. Three and a half years later, he prayed, and it did rain. See, there's a process that begins to take place. The process always begins with a word from God. The process always begins with a word from God. Here at first, second, first Kings, excuse me, first Kings chapter 17. I'm almost done. But this is what it says. Now Elijah, so we're going to go to the Old Testament and check out what James was talking about. Now Elijah, I love all these town names. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, so I'm a, I'm a new pastor, like I said. Now Elijah from T-Town from T-Town and G-Town, said to Ahab, as the Lord of God of Israel lives, 
whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Except at my word. So Elijah had a word from the Lord, and he went before Ahab and said, this is what the word of the Lord is. The process always begins with a word from God. But many of you here, you had that word from God many, many years ago, and you're asking, why hasn't it come to pass? I believe when we get to heaven, we can ask God to give us a heavenly mindset. And when we get to heaven, we're going to stand before the throne room of God. And I believe, this is my opinion, because God is all-knowing, that when we get to heaven, we're going to go, oh, wow. Thank you that you didn't do it my way. Because if, if this would have happened, then that's what occurred. But because you did it this way, the chess, chess pieces just fell into place. Oh, wow, thank you for, for doing that. I didn't see that because I couldn't see what you see. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But also the Bible says that Isaiah 55, verse 11, it says, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. So whatever God says, it will always be done. It will always be done. Now I have some news for us today. It is not what we desire, but it's what God desires. So what's our job today? Our job is to hold on to that word. Our job is to hold on to that promise. I don't care if it takes 10 years, 20 years, but once you finally get that promise, once you finally see the Word of God come to pass, once you finally see God do the greatest miracle in your life, you say, I can do it all over again because God showed up. Because God happened in my life. Faith continues when you hold on to what God said. Don't be swayed by your emotions. Don't be dictated by surroundings. Don't let your culture or atmosphere or what's going around you ever lose sight of the word from God. So this is what the Bible says in 2 Kings 18. So he goes to Ahab in 17, 1 Kings 17, and he says, it will not rain according to my word. Then in 18, he says, it's getting pretty dry up in here, y'all. I need to pray for rain. So he goes up on the mountain, and he has a, a servant with him, all right? And so he goes, servant, I'm going to pray for rain, because <laughs> I'm a man of God. I like how James was like, he prayed, and then it happened, done deal. And that's what we read. But here's what really happened in 1 Kings 18. Elijah, in verse 18, it says this, Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went and he looked, verse 18, verse 43, there is nothing there, he said. So I want you to picture this. He's up on the mountain, and he's praying. He says, God, please rain. God, I need you to make it rain. Come on, make it rain, make it rain. Not money, but water. Make it rain. And then he said, okay, I pray. Servant, go check. And so the servant will go over to sea, no clouds. And he came back and said, um, nothing. So Elijah said, What? How many of you probably would have given up right there like, I suck. I'm not very good at this. I need to backpedal and say, I, I thought I heard from God. How many know where I'm coming from? I thought I heard from the Word, but you know what? It's been three and a half years. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was incorrect. But this is what Elijah says. Elijah says, hold on. Lord, make it rain. Go check. 
And the servant went, okay, I'm going to go check. Second time. He looks over the sea. No clouds. I mean, clear as day. Comes back. No, there's no clouds. Elijah said, hold up. Hold up. Father, make it right. Bible says he did it seven times. Excuse my like Seven. Seven times. Like three, I'm good, right? <laughs> God, make it rain. One, right? Two, three, make it rain. But Elijah said, I had a word from the Lord. Make it rain. Make it rain. That's a powerful mindset to have. Don't you dare give up on the word that God has placed in your heart. It's a powerful mindset to have, and I want to encourage you today. Let's be better, not bitter. In that seven times, don't say, I'm giving up, this stinks, this sucks. But to say, I choose to be better and not bitter. Go check again. Go check again. Go check again. Go check again. Seven times. In verse 44, the seventh time the servant reported. And I love this because the seven is the number of completion. He comes to Elijah and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand far off in the distance. Not rain cloud, not dark stuff, not hail, not a tornado, nothing. But a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah doesn't say this. He doesn't say, um... I'm going to pray more because I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more of that. This is what Elijah says. Elijah says, go, you tell Ahab, get in his chariot and go back to town because it's about to rain. It's about to pour. God's about to bless us. God's about to stick to his word. God's about to show off. God is about to make it rain. Now, why can't God do that every single time? Why can't I just pray? God, just do it. Anybody here? Anybody with me? Because I'm like, you know, like, Jesus, heal my ears. Done. Cool. Jesus, mow my yard. Done. Cool. Jesus, save so-and-so. Done. Awesome. Because God is all about the process. God wants to birth the process inside of us to increase our faith to take us on a journey of trust. I want to encourage you to hold on. I want to encourage you, keep looking out to see and say, let's check again. Let's see it again. How many know I would rather wait and wait and see God come to pass than to throw it all away, than to quit, than to throw in the towel. I would rather see God do a miracle in our lives. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. You ready for this? I need a shout down for this this morning. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not grow weary. Come on. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The prayer of a righteous man or woman, hello, is powerful and effective. The entire story of Elijah was all about the process. All about the process. You know why? Because the process leads to the grand finale. This is what I love about God. He likes to show off. He likes to say, check me out, because I'm going to do the impossible. 
A month before we launched this church, we didn't have a building. I was popping tums. I was praying in the Spirit constantly. I don't want to talk to nobody. I was losing hair, getting hair, uh, gaining weight. I was freaking out. But I realized when God spoke to me, God said, I had to remind you who is in charge. But if you don't grow weary in doing good, you will see a harvest. God always ends big. Ask anyone. Ask anyone. They'll, ask, they'll tell you this. Yes, God did that miracle in my life, but it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. But God did it the way he did it, and he did it bigger, better than I can ever think or imagine. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. Can you tell I like this message? I'm trying to end in a big bang. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. How many know, if you have a, a little person in your life, a baby, even last night we're kind of watching some old videos of Levi and saying this is awesome to see him. But how many know Levi, if he had the mindset of an 18-year-old, he'd be like, I need to get out of this house. I want to be 18. I want to get out of here. I want to go to college. God loves the process. He loves the process. He's all about the journey, but we're about the destination. We say, God, get me here. And God said, but you're going to be so much better in the process. You're going to be so much better in the journey. I'm going to take some stuff out of you, but lo and behold, I'm going to put some stuff in you. When trials come your way, you're going to be better. When you want to say something to somebody, you're going to tame the tongue. When you want to be prideful, I place humility inside of you. But in order to get the miracle, in order for God to get all the praise and all the glory, he's got to do a work in us in the process in the process. Let's start with even this church. When we lost Avenue Church, just think, if you walked in here and you could see this, six months in, who wouldn't want to start this church? Right? I'll do it. Yeah, Jeremy, he's, he, Jeremy's terrible. I'll do it. Who wouldn't want to start this? But the process wasn't six months. It was three and a half years. It was three and a half years of God depositing vision in those that are on the A-team. God depositing vision in our heart. Did you know three and a half years ago, I said, God, what do you want me to do in this next season of life? He said, I want you to plant a church. I said, okay, where do we plant a church? Do we go to Denver? Do we go to California? And God showed me wet and wild before it was built. Now, if, you're, if you know me, I don't like to go places with my T-shirt off, all right? I want to be shirtless anywhere. Because I like meat, I'm going to eat that. Come. But three and a half years ago, God placed a journey inside of us. He placed us on a process. Every single one of us here. A prayer was prayed over us three and a half years ago that said people in the Southwest are waiting for their pastors. People in the Southwest are waiting for a church called Avenue Church. That is amazing to see. And I got to feel like, I feel like Elijah. The Bible says that Elijah said, hey, servant, tell Ahab, get in his horse chariot, take off into the city. How many seen like the old movies when they're in that chariot and they're going? And the Bible says that God empowered Elijah. He just got him powerful. And the Bible says Elijah outran the horse in the chariot. Why? Because when you've been in the process, when you've been a part of the journey, God begins to overwhelm you, empower you, and you begin to do things beyond yourself. And so he began to, well, 
Where are you going, baby? And he said, I'm not even vegan. Come on, somebody. And that's how we feel six months in. We feel like we're running past the chariots. We feel like we're running past horses. Why? Because of God's praise and God's glory. We do growth track every week so people can find their purpose. Every Sunday, people are accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. On August 20th, come on, we're going to two services. Why? Because we're making room for more. I want to tell you this. We're just, I, I wrote this down, 80. When you do the Connect card, when you text the number, that's letting us know. We don't just count hands that go up, but we want to be, have integrity in our numbers. But we have 86 documented first-time salvations at Avenue Church. That's awesome. And let me tell you this, church. We are just getting started. We are just getting started. That the best is yet to come. That heaven is our destination. Heaven is the promise. We won't quit inviting. Come on. We won't quit loving. We won't stop until the, our city, our nation, and our world has heard the name of Jesus. Let's keep running. But God's going to place us in processes. God's going to place us in a journey that we begin to see God do extraordinary things. Worship team, will you come on up here? Help me close this thing out. This is living now. And that's what the process was all about. You see, the journey is what grows us. The journey is what changes us. Elijah got a word. And in that three and a half year process, he was able to speak that word and begin to see God do what he said. I love that song, just do it again. Just do it again. That the journey is where we grow. But I'm here to tell you, the process is the point. Why am I in this? Some of you might be right in the middle of that three and a half year. Year in, a week in, a month in. Frustrated, saying, God gave me a word. Maybe that word was salvation. Maybe that word was serving. Maybe that word was baptism. I don't know what that word was. But sometimes we can sit there and be, I'm tired of this process. That God will always set things up for his praise and his glory. So this is how James ends his book. This is how he ends it. He doesn't say, yo, I'm James. It's been real. Follow me on social media. Let's continue this conversation. I'm going to write James part two. He didn't say any of those things. This is what he says to end his book. My brothers and my sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone bring that person back, did you catch that? My brothers and sisters, if someone wanders away and we bring them back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner, that's you and I, from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. Thank goodness God threw us a life preserver. Thank goodness the waves didn't have to hit us anymore. Thank goodness that God stopped us before we had a multitude of sin. Praise God that we have people in this church that have captured the heart and the vision of God to say, I will go 
to where no one else is going. And I will pull people out of the pit. I will pull people out of darkness. And I will invite them to a loving relationship with Jesus. And this is how he ends it. Because James chapter 1 was amazing. James chapter 2 was incredible. James chapter 3 was powerful. James chapter 4, humility. And James chapter 5, this is how we choose to end. He said, it is all about heaven and the one that is lost. It's not about taming your tongue, humility, trials and tribulation. It's not about all those things. Those things are wonderful. And we want to work on those things. But it's all about eternity. I had an experience when I was in Colorado. I used to travel with evangelist, and I worked for him. We were at a Colorado camp, and if you know me, I'm deaf in this year, and I'm 60% deaf in this year. So I wear a hearing aid to help me out. A lot of lip reading, and a lot of hunk book. And I was at this Colorado camp, and they had a student that the church brought with them who was completely deaf. So he did sign language, couldn't talk, kind of you know, had the deaf language going on. Every night I would watch him, and he was so in love with Jesus. And I would watch him, and I'd say, God, can you, can you heal him? Because Isaiah 61, it says, For the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me to heal the sick. James chapter 5 says the, 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 the prayer of a normal man, just like Elijah, can lay hands on him, anoint him with oil, and he will be healed. So I remember it was Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. On that last night, I said, you know what? I, I, I have to. I got to pray for him. You know, I had a word on Monday. Was it a direct, a direct word? No, but it was the word. So I took the word on Tuesday, Wednesday. And that Thursday night, it was inside of me. And I came to him at the end of the message, and he was just up front. And I tapped on his, on his shoulder. He looked at me and I said, I want to pray for you to Jesus to heal your ears. And he said, yeah. So I placed my, my, my fingers in his ear. The only way, I, I didn't know what to do, you know, like I slapped him around, you know. What do I do? So I just placed my hand. I put my fingers in his ear because someone else did that to me one time. I was like, that's weird. So I put my hands over his ears and I said, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus be healed. I was, I tapped him on the shoulder and he was like, what? I go, anything? Did it work? First time, baby, come on. He said, no. I said, of course, right? I mean, let's pray again. So I put my hands over and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I went, huh? Right? Anything? And he went, no. I said, by now, I've, I'm feeling kind of stupid. By now, I, maybe I look silly. You know, that's kind of when God likes to move. That's when God likes to show off to say, you tried it, but now let me do it. So the third time, I placed my hands over his ears. I said, in the name of Jesus, please heal him. Please be a God that still does miracles. Because you're a good God. Yeah. You do a try. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I took up my hands off his ears, and he went, oh. 
I see him for the first time, just look around. I said, like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, talk to a brother. And he said, this one, this one. He began to talk in his way. I said, what about this year? He said, no. And I said, oh, baby. Felt like I was running past the chariot. We got fixed out of here in Jesus' name. I prayed over his other ear. I said, in the name of Jesus. And he just, he was so overwhelmed, he sat down. And I got out of his way. I just said, awesome. And I went to the back, and I watched him stand up. And he literally stood up and began to hear sound for the first time. Begin to look around and go, what in the world? Let me tell you this. The next day, he went to the doctor, and they confirmed that he was healed. Wow. But let me tell you this. Amazing miracle. But as amazing as that was, none of that would have mattered unless he had the greatest miracle called salvation. The greatest gift is a place called heaven. That's what it's all about. James says the prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective. But let's go after that one who doesn't know Jesus. The greatest healing, the greatest miracle when God changes a person. We're going to see that next week outside of water baptism. We're going to see that in growth track in step one. We're going to see that on a weekly basis here at Avenue Church. The greatest miracle is the gift of salvation. There are those of you here today saying, I get it. I understand. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven today. I want you to pray with me this morning if that is you. So just for a second, close your eyes, bow your heads with me. See, the Bible says if we confess to God, he saves us and we spend eternity in heaven. That's the greatest miracle. I want you to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying for my sins. Be Lord of my life. Take my life. I want a relationship with you. And I'm ready to take my next step and to give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to celebrate with you. If that is you and you prayed that prayer for the first time, will you raise a hand and say, that is me. I prayed that prayer today. Come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.